Welcome to our online messages. At WCC, we are in a season of prayer, and today we're going to hear from our Sierra Leone team about how God worked through prayer in their most recent trip to Africa. Go ahead and take a seat, and welcome to Willamette Community Church. My name is Cyrus Redman. I'm the associate pastor here, and this is kind of missions, uh, kind of a missions service. Um, after all, this is March 17th, which means it is St. Patrick's Day. That's right, and everyone uh, that celebrates St. Patrick's Day is, of course, thinking of missions, right? That's right. That's right, because St. Patrick was a missionary. Ah, now you're picking up on me. That's right. So uh, we're going to be talking about stories today. And one of the stories that we're talking about is uh, St. Patrick's. I mean, after all, it's, it's his day, right? So let's start with his story. Born in uh, 370 something or 387, depends on which history you look at. So a long time ago, right? Born to a Christian family in England. That's right. That's right. Yep. He was English, and uh, when he was 16 years old, um, a band of Irish raiders. Did you know there were Irish raiders? Irish pirates, right? Yeah. They basically captured this 16-year-old and took him back to Ireland, and for the next few years, hard labor in slave labor, um, until through a series of fascinating events, he ends up escaping his captors, finding a boat and taking him back to England. While he's there, uh, he gets even more serious about his faith and decides he's going to be a missionary and go back to the very people who enslaved him. And one of the things St. Patrick is known for is the shamrock, because the shamrock was one way he tried to, uh, one uh, illustration he tried to use to explain the trend, right? The three leaves with the one, and the three and the one, and here we're singing that song, Blessed Trinity. Man, it was, yeah, way to go, Chris. Did you do that on purpose? Oh. Of course he did, <laughs> So lots of stories, and how fitting that we start talking about a missionary, but we also want to make sure that you guys remember that we're in this season of prayer, and the season of prayer is really an opportunity for us to get in the story of Christ's life as he approaches the cross, right? Um, we are looking ahead to Resurrection Sunday. And so we are encouraging you to get in the story. And one way we're doing that is by encouraging you to read through the book of Luke. We're encouraging you to uh, like Jesus in his life, how he went through times of fasting and prayer. We're doing the same thing. We're encouraging you to make sure that you uh, take this time as we lead up to that special Sunday that you would be in, engaged in this season of prayer. And so we're talking a lot about prayer, and the first thing we want to make sure that you remember from last week is that prayer is a gift. Prayer is a gift from God to grow in relationship with God. You see, especially because of Jesus, we have access to God that wasn't previously available. If you wanted to meet with God during uh, the Old Testament, under that Old Covenant, you had to go to the temple, you had to see a priest, and you had to go do different things to try to connect with God. But now, we have a great high priest who is Jesus Christ, and he has made every believer a priest. So you believers are priests, and so you are able to go into the presence of God at any time, and you enter through access through your Savior, Jesus Christ, right? So we have this incredible gift that we can really engage in our relationship. Last week, we looked at the Lord's Prayer, um, the Lord teaching his disciples to pray in the book of 
fact, I, I saw a wonderful theatrical demonstration here just yesterday, um, the finest middle school production I have ever seen. It was Aladdin Jr. And my daughter was in the play. And uh, we had a great time. It was really fun. And if you know the story of Aladdin, there's this lamp. And in the lamp, there is a genie, right? And sometimes that's how we view God in prayer, isn't it? The genie comes out and says three wishes. God doesn't say that, but sometimes that's how we treat him. We give him our wish list. But that's not really what his main objective is, right? He wants people to know him and know him through his son, Jesus Christ. And that's why he sent his son, right? And that's what St. Patrick knew. That's why a young man that was stolen from his family, enslaved for years, receives his freedom, would then decide to go back and share the story of what Jesus Christ has done to them. But that's also why we, as a church, invest in Sierra Leone. And that's why God has invested in us. So, we are here to kind of, well, to talk about a journey. And so that's why I, I entitled today's message, A Journey Revisited. Because that's exactly what we're going to do. Chris and Amy and my wife Kim, they're going to join me here after a little while, and we're going to share stories of our journey. But reality is, is you are on a journey too, right? You are on a spiritual journey. You're on a very real journey every day. You're making choices and you're, you're taking paths that will lead you somewhere. Right? And I can look around the room and, and I know a little bit about some of your journeys. I know some of you are struggling with cancer. You've lost a loved one recently. Your marriage is struggling. You might be battling with depression or mental health issues. You may be a parent, and that's hard. And you may be married, also hard. But both of those things are very rewarding as well. God is going with you. You're not on your own in this journey. And so I want to make sure you spend some time today revisiting your own journey and thinking about prayer in, in a way that would conform your will to His as opposed to trying to uh, persuade God to change your life in the way that you would want. Because the reality is, God knows better than even we can do. Right? Part of this idea is we have to change the way we think. We have to look at things differently. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Right? And that's how Jesus taught. So if you would open your Bibles to Luke chapter 6 or, or grab one nearby, if you're using one of the Bibles that the church has around here, you would turn to page 861. 861. And let's talk a little bit about this passage. In Luke chapter 6, you see Jesus has just gathered his apostles, his disciples. He has begun his ministry. He is healing. He has his 12 apostles with him. And then he really begins to minister to a great multitude. Starting in verse 17, it says, And he came down, Jesus came down with them, and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea. 
something about that. And he was. The king was demonstrating what the kingdom will be like as he was healing people and as he was making a significant difference. But then he began to teach. And if you go down, it says he lifted up his eyes to his disciples and began to teach. And he teaches the Beatitudes. He pronounces some woes on those who are hypocrites. And then we get to verse 27. And you get to what I think are some of the most difficult teachings of Jesus. And this is what he says. Verse 27 of Luke chapter 6. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Well, that begs a few questions from me. Number one, who is my enemy? And number two, how am I to love them? Well, I believe that's what Jesus is going to say, his next few words. Love your enemies. Well, how would you do that? Well, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And here's the season of prayer right here. Pray for those who abuse you. When was the last time you prayed that way? When was the last time you loved your enemies that way? In Sierra Leone, the nation is um, 75, 77% Muslim. That creates some really interesting dynamics between um, neighborhoods and relationships. And you're going to hear about some of that as we tell our stories. Who's your enemy? In the, in the context of Luke, I believe when Jesus said, love your enemies, some different people would have come to mind. Probably the Romans, because they were ruling over the, the nation of Israel that, at that time. Possibly even religious leaders who were being divisive or creating uh, significant uh, rules and regulations so that common people uh, couldn't really even have a relationship with God. So when Jesus is saying, love your enemies, he's saying, do good to those who want to do bad to you. Well, what do I mean by that? Violence? Maybe stealing your things. Maybe uh, keeping you from progressing, having peace. Bless those who curse you. What would that look like? Well, the word bless here is where we get the word eulogy. It comes from the Greek word eulogizo, or uh, to say good words.
to bless and to pray and to do good for those who don't want the same for us. And that's some of the stories we're going to share with you. First, we're going to watch a video recap, and you will be able to see just a glimpse of where we were and what we are doing. Right? Let's watch that video.
not even Amazon. That's tough too. <laughs> go figure. But no McDonald's, no McDonald's, Starbucks. But there is Coca-Cola and Fanta. And Fanta. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a lot more details that, that went into this trip. So first of all, I'd like to say thank you for all of your prayers and all your support while we were there because it could not have gone uh, smoother. It could have gone a lot worse than too. But um, ultimately, my first number one prayer is, hey, we're sitting before you right now. So we made it there and back. So praise the Lord for that. But, but yeah, we have a big voice As you saw in the video, there were a number of names down there at the bottom from different places. And that's up there for a reason because we went a lot of places and did a lot of ministry. And um, to read a book uh, from John Piper, and it's about uh, not wasting your life. And one of the things he says in that book is that a wasted life is one that doesn't make the most of the gospel. So what my prayer for this trip was is that I wanted us to make the most of the gospel at each one of those places that we had a chance to go. And listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit in those moments and be obedient to what he is saying. Go and speak to this little kid. Preaching to these little people and bringing the gospel each and every place that we went because we wanted to make the most of the cross. And one of the ways we got a chance to do that is when we landed the very next day, uh, we got a chance to go to the village and see where our first water well is going to go in. And as you saw in the video, we got there just in time for them to be starting construction and stuff like that. And so that was an answer to prayer. But sometimes you don't get a chance to see uh, the fruit of that or even know if you're going to be able to visit the community because it may be far off the beaten path and your path is taking you into a different direction. But we got a chance to go there and talk to the community. And this is a heavy uh, Muslim-occupied community as well. And in that picture, there are Muslims, there are Christians, and there are people that don't believe. And not only did we get a chance to tell them why we were there as an extension of this body to bring the gospel and the love to them, we got to tell them about this water that we were going to bring. But more importantly, we got a chance to tell them about the living water that they needed to drink from. Not just once, but twice. Because at the very end of our trip, we were blessed to come back and see the well completed. And as you saw in the video, the people were just gathered around and they were just so grateful to have this place to get clean water. What's not in the picture is they had these piles of buckets everywhere because this is the first time they got a chance to use their water well. And it was the, they were going to make the most of that. But that was one of my prayers. And I, I want to say that I'm proud, extremely proud of each and every one of us on this trip because we saw and those little moments where we could bring the gospel and not one moment was wasted. Not one moment. So thank you for anybody and everybody who's involved with Christmas Compassion and giving to the missions fund because you're seeing the fruit of what that has done. And we just scattered a bunch of seed this time, but we also gave some water to water those seeds. And hopefully the Lord will continue to grow that in their hearts until maybe we'll see them again. Those golden streets. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it was incredible. We had talked before about how neat it would be to see a well being dug. And then what what we can be there when it's being dug and help a little bit. And you saw in the video we were able to do that. And then just eight days later, this is that same hole we were digging right there. And I remember right there. Right there. The hole that we were able to start digging turned right. into that. It's much harder than it actually looks, too. Yeah. But yeah. We were excited to share about the second well, and I got home and I was like, hey, honey, I got a secret to tell you. Guess what? We're going to have to put in the second well. And she's like, oh, I already know that. Like, How do you know that? The only person who told was Scott. And he's like, yeah, he told everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. We figured it was a good trade. We got to tell the guy who was actually getting the well, and, and Scott got to share it with you guys. <laughs> so the next focus and the next prayer emphasis that we want you to hear from is from me. So you just heard from Chris that through prayer, God guides our plans. And so 
also have that eternal um, life with him as well. Um, and like she said, she was praying for Kim and I and our kids. We were praying for this little boy named Augustine. We were really looking forward to seeing him. Not there. And so don't get discouraged if you go to the, to the back table and look for the child you were praying for last year and you don't see him or her. Don't get discouraged. Just get another name and just start praying that they would come to know Christ and that they would be able to walk with him and really have his perspective. And maybe through your prayer, God would change your heart and that you would get maybe more involved in children or youth ministry here, or maybe in our community, becoming an advocate for children or many other opportunities. Because God will continue to change and conform your will to his as you spend time in prayer. All right. Kimberly, you have an emphasis. We've already heard from, from Chris. Uh, through prayer, God guides our plans, and we are willing to allow that to happen. We heard from Amy that through prayer, God helps us trust him. Now, from you, we are going to hear that through prayer, God reminds us of his love. Let's hear about that. Yeah, so this was my first trip to Sierra Leone. I was the newbie on the team. Um, so I had a lot to learn and to take in and digest. Um, and it's, it's, it's hard for any of you who have been to very, very different places. It can be overwhelming to just try to process, you know, why are people saying the things that they're saying? Why are they acting the way they're acting? And what's, you know, what's going on around me? I don't understand it all. Um, but it was a great, great experience. I'm very thankful for it. I'm very thankful for all of you who were diligent to pray for us uh, and support us in um, with finances, with prayers, with um, the funds for the wells. Uh, it was really a tremendous blessing. So, um, like Cyrus said, through prayer, God reminds, of, reminds us of his love. I'm going to go back in time just a few years um, in my own life personally. Um, so Jesus, we know, told us that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Um, and I don't know about you all, but I recognized in my own life a lack of love and that it was really difficult to love especially certain individuals in my life, um, and sometimes even my family, people who loved me. I was having a hard time loving back. Um, and so God really did some great work in my life. Um, one verse he particularly used that just kind of clicked at one moment as I was studying all the books of, um, that, that John had written, John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, because he's kind of a little guy in the Bible. Um, but 1st John 4, 19 just clicked with me. That verse that says, because, or we love because he first loved us. And um, another way I'm trying to think about it is backwards. Because he loved, we can love, right? The only way I can truly show love to other people is by first recognizing that I am a beloved child of God. And I don't know about all of you, but it's sometimes hard to remember that, let alone feel that, that we are beloved children of God. It's easy to get caught up in earning and proving and not remembering that God. Um, so anyway, fast forward to about 11 months ago, um, I was able to share my journey at the Women's Retreat. It was great. I was honored to be able to share these things with um, those of you who attended. Um, and it's still something that God has continued to work on in my life. Um, one of the verses, well, the verse that we really focused on at the Women's Retreat was the one up on the screen. Um, this is Paul praying um, for the Ephesian church, and he says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father. Um, and he's praying that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Um, what an incredible prayer that Paul prays that we would be able to understand something that's beyond understanding, which is God's great love for us. Um, and so, fast forward again to about four weeks ago, um, we've been in Sierra Leone for about a week at this 
And so if you are a Christian, one of the few in this area, you would either have to pay one money or just not be allowed to get water. And so uh, when we had it confirmed that uh, the, the church, you and us and everyone part of the Willamette Community Church, had donated enough to our um, Christmas Compassion Fund that we could not only drill one well, but we could drill two. We had the privilege of telling that to Pastor Francis, and we have a little video of his response. Pastor Francis, uh, Willamette Community Church is going to sponsor a well to be dug here so that this community may have clean drinking water. Can you tell us what that would mean for you and uh, those here at Mile 91? Uh, for my name is Wale, once more I'm Pastor Francis Yeslami, pastoring an indigenous church, and uh, we happen to be in a mostly dominated community. For us here, Manitua, water is like, you know, it's like almost Jesus coming to Manitua, because at this point in time, water is a challenge for us to have access to quality drinking water is a challenge, and even the one to bathe is a challenge. So having this kind of, uh, I want to say, breaking news, a news that can make us to relax, a news that can really make us to sense the love of Jesus Christ, it's like we welcome this idea on behalf of the community, the Muslim community, on behalf of myself, on behalf of my family, and the few Christians who are coming from the Muslim background, I want to say a very big thank you for such a generosity. We are so much happy to have you guys and to hear this kind of good news. Yeah, amen, brother. We are partners in the gospel amen. because God loved us and he sent his son. And we get to share that with you. We're so glad. So God be the glory. Amen. Thank you to this wonderful team. Uh, we'll continue to pray for you that as you are going on your journey, that God will take you safe. And we are trusting God that those also will be coming from the good that God will use them mightily. Amen. And we are trusting God that more souls will be won during this project and even after the project. Sweet wife Kimberly, she was seeking God. How do I how do I care for 
can you take that love that has been shown to us first and then love your enemies? God worked in my heart and he aligned my heart with his perspective and gave me the words I needed so that I could share encouragement and, and help lead and disciple men that I was able to interact with. And that's our prayer for you, is that your perspective, your heart would be changed. As you pray, it would come into alignment with God's perspective. Would you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, this has been a wonderful time of sharing what you have done in all these different communities across the other side of this planet. You are at work. And Lord, we are here now, so we first, we thank you for bringing Willamette Community Church together. We thank you for the people that are a part of it. We thank you for their faithful giving. We thank you, Lord, for their faithful attendance, their faithful service, their faithful commitment to you. And we pray, Lord, that it continues. That we would model your faithfulness, Lord. That we would be able to continue to love others, loving even our enemies and praying for them. That, Lord, through prayer, that our hearts would be aligned with your perspective. God, let us see things from your point of view. We pray in Jesus' name. Thank you for looking into God's Word with us today. We hope that you are both encouraged and challenged be more intentional about your prayer life with the Lord.